0: you're listening to the sage hill podcast with dr chip Dodd. sage hill is a social impact organization that helps people see who they're made to be so they can do what they're made to do Chip, good afternoon again hello phil here we are back our little spot yes sir you know i've gotten some texts from his previous podcast of people saying, please do not tell me where y'all are doing, people familiar with our building, yeah. they're saying, do not tell me where you're doing this, uh, I've already on. got a vision in my head. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> yeah. This is a new room compared to the... That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Not many people seen this one. But. Um, so we're going to talk about something today, the really, really common word, um, but there's a whole lot to it. It's actually part of the spiritual root system that we talk about a lot, and it's a word called hope. Yeah, I've heard you say this this statement. I've heard you say that people can become prisoners of hope, rather than being liberated to hope. Yeah, that's a that's a big. Yeah, it's it's
1: uh, you know I'll end up saying some of these things that they actually it sounds like poetry or uh, uh, calculus or stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Chip, that's kind of uh,
0: poetry. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and. uh and I don't know hardly anyone that enjoyed poetry in high school, college, or <laughs> uh, sitting around reading it. So uh, I say, yeah, people would classify it like you just said as stupid. <laughs> but uh, no, actually, it's a, uh, it's a uh, uh, an amazing comment. Um, oh, by the way, you know what? Thinking about we we're talking about hope, and uh, uh, you know, you and I talked about someday we're getting old. Yeah. I mean, I mean older. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Um, and. Uh, we were talking about when we when we decide we're done with this, we're gonna start Batman barbecue. Oh, it's gonna happen! And uh, and we have a big cooker out in the woods and wear Batman suits. Be
0: yeah. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> greasy
1: from smoke and barbecue. And uh, I'm some people may not know I'm six four. You're five eleven. Ah, uh,
0: six foot is what I like. Are you to straight? Say. Six? No, I'm five eleven. You're five I, eleven. But yeah. I
1: say six. Foot. Yeah, the way you walk, the way you That's carry right. yourself, easily six feet. <laughs> But I mean, it's like a tall man, not as tall man, barbecue. I mean, a, a Batman suits, and we do the commercial, and we pointed the camera out in the woods. I mean, it's just like this, like nuts, and it's like we point the camera and go, "Batman barbecue, Batman barbecue, Batman barbecue, come and get it if you dare," something to that effect. So that's just a story of hope. Wow, <laughs> well, we are we are big hopers. Success <laughs> success in retirement. Oh, you goodness. Know, and we serve whoever we want to. That's right. <laughs> and we do it for free if we want to. So, but uh, the liberated prisoners of hope versus liberated to hope or free to hope, it's, what that says is that every one of us comes out of the womb um, within the human condition. And one of the characteristics of the human condition is that we are creatures who hope. It's uh, part of our uh, DNA. It's not going away. It's it's the same things like like cells. I mean, you have cellular life, <clears throat> you have emotional and spiritual life. One of the core characteristics is hope. It's sort of the eternal flame within us that can't stop looking for the possibility of something good coming tomorrow. And it's it, it, the flame can be turned down if you think about like a propane flame, or gas log flame that can be turned down way, way low, but it won't go out. There is sort of like it's, even though that flame runs into say one chimney, one fireplace, it's hooked up sort of like to the great engine mm-hmm. of hope, creation itself, the universe. And, and human beings are incapable um, of not hoping. We can be in denial about it, numb to it, dissociated from it, anesthetized out of it, uh,
0: unconscious related to it but it's in us so that's what people will call hopeless is what you just described yes they, numb they, to a denial of it yeah
1: yeah or they will uh, they continue to return to the logic that based upon experience that says there's no reason for me to hope and what they're saying is based upon either some arcane philosophical processes or based upon the experiences in their lives, they say hope is foolish, Mm -hmm. when actually hope does look foolish. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, regardless, based upon where you are with acceptance of hope is whether or not you are a prisoner of it or you are liberated to do it. People who hate hope uh, because it renders them powerless to to continue to dream. It renders them um, continuing to wish for life that's better even than what they have or wishing that the life they have would continue even though we know it won't always like mm-hmm. we wish it would. So hope is that baseline denominator out of which everything is,
0: is divided. You know? So it's, it's easy I think for people including me to make hope um, more about the pleasantness of something rather than what you're talking about is painful. Yes, it is. because hope painful. It, yeah, that
1: is brilliant because, you know, <clears throat> if, if somebody actually really sits for a moment with hope, when you hope, and I hope for something, we're wishing or wanting or needing something we do not have. Mm-hmm. It's something that's not in our hands. And so when we hope, there's going to be a feeling that comes with it because life is full of, Paradox, possibilities, losses, failures, and and receptions. I mean, getting things. And so the moment we hope for something, we're going to feel afraid Mm -hmm. because you're wishing for something you do not have and it may not come. Mm -hmm. And so if a person isn't good at hoping, um, isn't able to take the risk of hoping, that is a person that usually is unable to know what to do with fear. They don't know that fear is a feeling that brings them to asking for help that allows them to consider the consequences, that prepares them to practice for results, that, uh, that uh, uh, recognizes uh, danger and, and it's a cry out. So like, like hope puts us in position to have to face fear, fear puts us in a position to need to ask for help. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you can see how hope would be a hated thing mm-hmm. if you, you and I, and we have, both of us, if you've been through lots of loss, Hope becomes the enemy. Yeah. And if you can't have hope, you're a prisoner of it because it is bigger than your ability to stop it, control it. You can't, if you put yourself to sleep, you miss your life. Hmm. And so hope, if you hate it, despise it, it's going to make you have to spend your days putting yourself to sleep, being negative against it, shaming it, seeing yourself as foolish for having it, idiot, and those kinds of things.
0: That's the last time we were talking about this on a podcast, we were hmm. talking about living between 5 and 5. Oh, yeah, that's He's right. trapped. Yes, exactly,
1: because a person living between five and five has tried to reduce their life to, to not having to have pain. But look, you know, when we miss the pain, we miss also the celebration because, I mean, look, I mean, Luke grew up and left home. I and mean, That's great, mm-hmm. your son, Luke. I mean, that's mm-hmm. great. It's good. It's a mark of tremendous success. Uh, I mean, look, I know a woman whose son uh, died and frankly he died at his own hands. Hmm. And um I think we may have talked about this before but Sonia and I saw her somewhere at a, a nursery and she said how are your children? how are your sons because our sons and he the, their son was they were contemporaries. And um and we said something about well, you know my youngest son's having difficulty deciding you know what what he's gonna do, you know, with his life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the woman beautifully said, "You know, great. I mean, whatever he wants to do, he needs to do it." And that is a woman speaking out of uh, a level of pain it just can't go to. Oh. And this woman, and I know her, has faced what happened, and she was willing in her recognition of that loss to hope Mm -hmm. for me and Sonia Mm -hmm. to let William be liberated to go find his life because he has one. Do you know? Mm -hmm. And so she, even in spite of what's happened in her life, is not a prisoner of hope. Mm -hmm. Though every time she awakens Mm -hmm. to remembering her son, she has to have tremendous pain.
0: Which gave you and Sonia access to her. You didn't have to be careful with her, didn't have to measure every right. word, right. didn't have to be hypervigilant vigilant mm-hmm. what you said and how you said it. Yes. Like her willingness to do her own pain, Yes, her willingness to be able to hope, talking about William Q you two, no one was a prisoner.
1: And you know what, it, Phil, it sent a little bit of a, a, a sent a wake-up call mm-hmm. that you know, a lot of us spend a great deal of time, frankly, just obsessing or overly concerned about what our what career path our children are going to take. It's, mm-hmm. it's more like they need to follow how they're created and we need to trust that it will happen. Of course, we give them feedback and ideas and stuff like that, many of which they don't want. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about like hope. So, But Luke left home mm-hmm. and thank God he was alive to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was still a great loss. For sure. And yet it was <clears> a hope that it had come to completion. Yeah. And now you have new hopes for him. And new fears for him. And sometimes if we can let go and let ourselves hope, um, because we have, he has the life to go do it with. It's like, go live. I'm willing to hope. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to be afraid about you, son. I'm also willing not to control you. I'm willing to let you go and let my hope go with you. You're not a prisoner of hope. You're liberated to hope. You're setting him free. Mm-hmm. And you're you're letting him know you're going to go get hurt. And at the same time, I want good for you and and on mm-hmm.
0: and on and on and on. Whereas if we were doing that as prisoners of hope, we would be managing him. Feedback would really be shoulds, yeah. those kinds of things.
1: Yes. Or hey, son, I raised you. You know, it's your deal now, and just I sort of like cut him off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I remember. Um, you know, I told you, you, you. basically, you and I have almost grown up together now, while our own children were growing mm-hmm. up. You know. But. Um, you remember when. Uh, Tennyson and William were younger, much younger. William had always watched his older brother, Tennyson, play baseball. Mm-hmm. And even when they were little bitty, two years is a great distance in the early times of mm-hmm. baseball. And so <laughs> I remember William hanging on the fence, uh, just s- screaming, uh, Bust one, T Bone, bust <laughs> one! <laughs> you know? You yeah, that. yeah. And then <laughs> always wanted to be on the side of the fence where his brother was. <laughs> well, they went to high school together william's freshman year he was on the team but didn't dress varsity and i remember they they were like number two in the nation at one point and it was sort of a shoe in that they would make it to the state and win it but they didn't they lost in the sub-state and i remember william coming home he was so furious like i i could have i could have helped them they needed to address me i could have helped them that didn't have to happen and and it was that pain of like i wanted to be with my brother and i didn't get to and this is horrible what I got to do to get there next year and I want to make sure my brother and he went through this whole story a whole expression well the following spring they actually did dress out the season started second or third game uh, Williams getting to do what he'd been dreaming of since he cleaned on you know was clinging on that fence and um, second game William gets a hit between uh, I believe short and third uh, you know watched him running down to first base realized something was wrong and realized he barely made it to first And as soon as he got there It was really obvious like like something He got hurt. I thought well, maybe you know hamstring a little bit sort of tight or ankle turns out they had to walk him to the dugout and he had torn a hip flexor torn a muscle off his hip and um, the doctor said three weeks three weeks turned into six weeks and he's wondering what in the world his hope was for. Mm-hmm. What, what was I thinking? What was I doing? And this is a 16-year-old man-child, you know, kid. But he and I were driving into the driveway one night after church. And uh, he'd been to youth group. And he, he was really into the third, fourth week of this thing and he was saying you know what all everybody's telling me is that it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay hey it's gonna be okay Hmm. if they even ask about it and I don't want to talk about it anyway but but they say these things and you know what I'm sick of hearing it I'm sick of people telling me they're praying for me and how it's going to be okay they don't know if it's going to be okay and it's not okay Hmm. and then he said if God did this then God is mean if the devil did this and God couldn't do anything about it then what controls the world and he said and then, if God didn't even know it happened, then what good is God in the first place? And He just outpouring. Great. Question. I'm pulling into the driveway and I'm thinking, good night. These are all great questions. Uh-huh. And you're saying them, and I don't have answers for you. And I'd like to kind of say now, son, you know, give him the, <laughs> you know, it's your problem when you decide to hope on these things, these things happen, mm-hmm. you know, get used to it. But I said nothing because honestly, I didn't have anything to say. I was, um, he was asking the hard questions, just like you said. He, sure was. Well, he got out of the truck. I had a truck at the time. He got out of the truck and slammed the door, walked to his car, which he called the Beagle. It was a Buick Regal. Remember, you and I went You and yes. I went to buy it and were driving it home. It was, like, it was scary to get it home. Yeah, all, it was like a $1,600. I mean, it was not expensive. Uh, no. Yeah, but he went and locked his car. And I, I remember thinking, watching him, like, why are you locking your car? Nobody's going to take it, and there's nothing in it. You know, so I think he just wanted something to do. Slam the door. And the beauty of this metaphor is amazing, because hanging off our garage is a, a shielded, covered light, which forms a, which would be a circle, forms a semicircle coming out from the garage wall.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he was walking from the dark into the light, and I was walking from the light towards the dark. Mm. And literally... He, he and I were standing right on the edge of the light in the dark, Wow, when I walked up to him. I, I just remembered that what a they call it coincidences, and I think it's the art of life happening to us all the mm-hmm. time if we have mm-hmm. eyes to see. Mm-hmm. But he said, Dad, um, look, you know I, I didn't mean a lot of those things I said, but I know you can hear them. Mm-hmm. I know you're not going to freak out. I know you can, I know you can hear me say them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're not going to run off, kind of thing. And I said, well, no, William, I'm not. Um, and that's kind of all I've got to give you. It's like, I don't know the answers to really any of your questions, because I think you're talking about pain, and you're talking about hope, and you're talking about grief. And I remember putting my hand on his head, had a burr head, a baseball haircut, and um, well, not that it's a baseball haircut, but I mean, he just had a you know athletic cut. And, and uh, I said, I-, I just know I'm going to be with you in it, mm. that there it is. I'm going to be with you in this. Your freedom to hope, the years that have come, your risk in doing it. You're not going to be a prisoner of it. It's in you to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk you with you while you keep doing it if you dare. Uh, because I, I had been a prisoner of hope. You've been a prisoner of hope. For you sure. and I are both liberated to take the risk of, of having it, and it has its benefits, but there's a price to pay. It is a, a willingness to return to living life on life's terms and living in some some grief, you know. And
0: That is such a great illustration of a whole lot of stuff. You know, mind's going a million directions. It is a what he was doing. He had this longing inside of him. We uh-huh. talk about the spiritual root system that, you know, uh-huh. recognize those longings leads right into this thing called hope and, it seems, it seems counterintuitive. Really is it really isn't, but it seems counterintuitive that a, a, a kid, kind of blasting out those kinds of questions, mm-hmm. is really him hoping. Yes, it, but it was. Yes, it really was hoping. And you know what? His willingness to hope in
1: that, because it was, it, it turned out even more amazing. The willingness to press in, because he finally was allowed to dress. And I remember the trainer, great great man, loving man, loved both my sons. I was so grateful. You know, it's a wonderful thing when somebody outside the family loves your children. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a, mm. an incredible thing? Oh, it goodness. gives them love. It's the most amazing gratitude. Uh-huh. But uh, told me he could dress, <laughs> but, uh, but William, you can only go 80%. I remember thinking, <laughs> and the trainer said to me, look, I know he's going 100. We all know it. And it, it was he had had to wait long enough. And I'm telling you, when they joined together, it was, they, they lit up with fire, you know, it was, mm-hmm. uh, when they finally got to be together. And I tell you, Phil, that hoping, because the following year, uh, Tennyson had moved on to college, and uh, the beginning, uh, before Christmas, uh, William was diagnosed with a spinal tumor. Mm-hmm. So, uh, on his spinal cord. And um, him walking through that, the fear of that, um... And very dangerous time, you were there at the surgery. I was very mm-hmm. grateful for that. Um, no, I really appreciate you being there. Mm-hmm. But um, he was prepared to hope from the year before. Yeah. Was not a prisoner of hope, capable of hoping. And I remember when uh, uh, they took him away from really from me and Sonya, but when they took him away from Sonia, her. Sure her groaning, I remember it was a groan, it was an, an, like an, an, an animal, mm-hmm. I mean groan, it's like, oh, and just, and you know, she started crying and William was gone. And you know what's was amazing was, the first thing, uh, he, when he awakened, was rec- rec- coming out of uh, anesthesia, he, uh, he said, uh, they told him he was okay, you're okay, you're gonna be okay. Um, it was an ependymoma, which was ended up being a benign spinal tumor on the spinal cord and did a great job of getting it off. But after he found that he was okay, he said, good. And then he said, how's my mama?
0: Wow. How about that? Yeah.
1: And then um, after he found he was okay, he said, good, because I was so scared. Mm. You know, it's really beautiful. I mean, mm. I mean, it's horrible, but I'm glad I was, I was able to be there. Yeah. And it's everything we don't want to hope. Uh-huh. Everything. So, you know, God, taking the risk of hoping, having somebody with us in the midst of these great griefs we have related to it, and then allows us to have the strength to keep hoping in the midst of all we have to walk through to in life's multiple transitions.
0: This is Stephen James, the Executive Director of Sage Hill Counseling. Thanks for listening to the Sage Hill Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. Sometimes in life, we get stuck or blocked or reach an impasse. At times like these, an intensive, short-term therapy can help you overcome what's keeping you from the growth and changes you desire. At Sage Hill Counseling, we offer therapeutic intensives to help couples gain new momentum in their recovery process. If you want to find out more, please visit SageHillCounseling.com.